Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Welcome back to The Rework. I don't have to tell you that we live in a very distracted time. Our email inboxes are full of ads and sometimes important things that we may or may not get to. Our phones are blowing up with texts from political messages to our kids. In essence, we're busy and we're distracted. And you know our clients are no different. So sometimes when they don't get back to us right away or we don't hear from them, we make up stories in our head about what that's about. They don't like me. They don't want to book with me. They're a pain in the butt. They just don't want to follow my rules or whatever. And so a lot of this can be tracked down to just being clearer in our communications with our clients and having a process by which to manage that communication. And today I have Catherine Langsford back from Vancouver, Canada, Photos by Catherine. And we're going to talk about how we manage client communication in our business and the inside baseball on how to make sure our emails get read, how to determine which is the best method of communication with our individual clients, and a lot of other things in between. Well, I'm so excited to have our friend Catherine Langsford back in the podcast studio today to talk about, as promised earlier, all things words, language, communication, words. Yes, words. Yeah. So a few things. We kind of had a little pre-conversation about this before, but it seems like we're always refining this part of our business, the communication, whether it's an email, a text, a conversation. And we might, before we have a, maybe it's a kind of a fraught conversation with the client. You and I will check in with each other like, okay, I was kind of thinking this. What do you think about that? We're always massaging the language. Correct. Yeah. We've we've many times sent drafts of emails back and forth and, you know, had one another give feedback on, you know, just refining the message and making sure it's crystal clear. It's all about clarity. Yes. Okay. So where do you think most of us go wrong or where have you or I gone wrong in the past when it comes to communication? What do you feel like is some of the areas that we might make mistakes or just unknowingly screw the pooch, so to speak? I think one is not really hearing what a client is saying to us. So maybe either they've been vague and we haven't asked for clarification and we've made assumptions or they have told us something and we have told ourselves, oh, well, maybe I can uh, talk to them mm. about that or mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. maybe they'll change their mind. Or, I mean, I'm just thinking of conversations with clients when I say this, but I think in emails, for example, we may also 
give too much information and therefore the things that are really important get missed. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've really in, in our studio and I know in yours too, we really refine, like when we're giving client information, these are all the words that are necessary, mm-hmm. you know, because we don't, first of all, we, we, we understand that our clients for the most part don't read. Meaning right. not that they don't right. know how to read. Of course they do. Yeah. They just they don't have time. They read the first line. They guess it was the rest of the email is about. Mm-hmm. They decide whether it's important to them. So, you know, it's really important that we refine what we're saying to these very clear, spare bullet points. Okay. I love that. So I think just before we go into like all the, into the detail, because we're going to kind of go into some detail on this is just going back to that first word that you said, which is the clarity. And I think if we're clear about the type of business that we want to have, we want to have a luxury portrait studio, then how a luxury portrait studio communicates is going to be different than maybe how a high volume, lower, less expensive, running a lot of people through a business communicates. So that's going to be different. If we know who we are, and again, luxury portrait studio doesn't necessarily mean you need to talk like, oh, I'm so shishi, I'm so bougie. You know, it's really based on your personality and how you want to communicate to your clients with what you, how you want the brand to feel. So there's that communication. So that's kind of like the filter that overlays the whole thing. Like, you know, would Catherine, photos by Catherine, a, a, an email from you say X, Y, and Z, you know, so there's that. So that's on us to figure out how do I want to sound? How do I really, rather than just dashing off an email, dashing off a text, quick, 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 it's really taking the time and being intentional. So what are those layers of communication that we want them to be? And then once we know that, once we have kind of codified that and said, okay, this is who I am as a business. This is how I want to be in the world and how I want to relate to my clients. Then we need to train our staff to speak PBK or ATJ. Uh And then that gets rolled out to our clients. And then I think the fourth thing is listening very intentionally on just what you said. Are we really hearing what our clients are saying to us? Are we reading between the lines and hearing hearing that? So let's start with clarity to ourselves. So as you as you have come up with that brand, because when we first started, we're just like, oh my gosh, there's an email. Yeah, your session's on this day and this day and this day. Yeah. So talk about how you crafted that, how you started began to craft that process. Well, I think quite simply, there were certain pieces of information that we found we needed to repeatedly tell people. And so rather than reinventing the wheel with every email, we made some templates and the templates are all to the point, very professional and polite, always ending with, we are here if you have questions, Mm -hmm. but not too, not too flowery, not too much extra information. So whether it's a session reminder, you know, that includes a map to where we are and information about where to park. Or whether it's some sort of, uh, we need you to send in photos of your walls. Here's an example of how to do it. Please let us know if you have questions. Not a lot of over-explaining. You know, we, we do mm-hmm. a lot of our explaining in person or in a personal conversation on the phone. So not a lot of explaining in emails. It's just factual. Here's what we need from you or here's what you need from us. And here it is. Um, so we've got probably like 30 templates. And the, the good thing about that is I never need to tell people like, because I'm, I'm a bit of a control freak as to how to speak to a client. Like mm-hmm. I need it to be a certain level of perfectionism. I need impeccable grammar and spelling. I need, um, you know, as you said, it, it represents my brand. It's another extension of my brand. So rather than try and like 
oversee that other people who work for me are doing that. We've just got it all templated out. So that's okay. So an email. So you're, what you're talking about is like email signatures, right? Just email, email templates that email templates, yeah. already have the word. And so you've yeah. got that in Tave, which is your CRM software. Yes. And then you could, you can also do that in Outlook. Um, you can go into signatures and where you would normally put in, you know, Allison Tyler Jones photography, and then the address of the studio or whatever, you can put anything that you want in that. And it could be uh, the whole text of an email. We have the same thing, you know, so whether it's a design proof that we're sending to somebody and it says exactly what we want them to do. And I think along with that, when you're putting that verbiage in there, it's also important how you make the, the email look like big blocks of text I found are not a good idea. It needs to be bullet points and like yeah. three to five max yes. and pretty short so that they can, they can quickly scan and go, okay, this has my dates when I'm supposed to show up. Great. Yep. Send that to my assistant to put on my calendar. Exactly. We actually bold dates yep. and times. Mm-hmm. All Same. dates and times are bolded. And we, if there are a few different topics covered, which I find to be a very efficient way to, to make an email. So for example, we may cut and paste from three different templates because we have to tell people three different things. Yep. We have underlined headings before each of them. So your appointments at PBK and then listing when they're coming in what we need from you before your meeting next week and then explanation. Mm-hmm. That. So, so it's all, like you said, if people aren't reading everything, they're standing over it. They're saying, Oh, okay, this is what's in here. All right. I don't have time to look at it. I'll look at it tonight or whatever. Yeah. Perfect. And I think that is an element of, okay, first of all, it cements our brand in terms of the language and the way people are hearing from us, but it's also service. We are yes. being considerate of our clients' time. We are being considerate of the fact that we don't want them to have to weed through this like flowery email about talking about you whatever. Know, how was your holidays? I mean, yeah. Sure. yeah. I hope you had good holidays. Happy New Year. Here are your dates. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Show up on this day. Yeah, exactly. Well, and it is, it is, you're kind of constantly threading that needle, but really, I think what it comes down to is that it is our responsibility to manage the process by which our clients can have the best experience and outcome possible. That is our responsibility. So if I find if there's something that falls by the wayside or that goes south later, I can usually always trace that back to, I failed to communicate something. I failed. It's always usually me. And that's a, that's a, that's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing because the good part of that is I can control it. I can make it better. Uh-huh. So I think if you're finding some of those things, can be people not showing up with what they are supposed to have. Like they don't show up with their husband or they don't show up with the right, whatever. Like they don't, they don't send you your room views. Right. For example. And I'll use that as an example in our studio, because that's something that we really struggled with was to get people to send the images of their walls so that we could lay out their walls before their view and order appointment. And we know you and I both know that if you have those wall pictures and you can lay out that wall. The view and order is just so simple because you're all you're doing is just like, yeah, I love that. It's perfect. Or let's do two less or whatever, you know, it just makes. And then when you don't have it, that's when we go into like, I need to go home and blue tape my walls and I can't decide. And it burns down. It's just horrible for everybody. So it's not, this is not a like, oh, I'm going to lose the sale. It's like, no, you're, you're making more work for the client. It's really not a good thing. So what we did when you're talking about wording is we noticed that if we had not like two to three days before a view and order, if we check in and we see that we do not have those images in the client folder and they're not in their, their pro select catalog, 
Then we send out an email, again, a template that says, Hey, Catherine, I noticed that we don't have your wall photos. If you don't have time to get them between now and your appointment to get them to us, we can go ahead and reschedule that appointment for you. Yeah. But the subtext of that is we are not having this meeting without these images. Mm -hmm. So there's straight communication that says what you're saying, but then there's also always like a subtext to something. And what that subtext is, this is really important and we cannot do this important work without these important things. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's just a quickie. And then what will happen is usually sometimes people will say, oh my gosh, thank you so much for reaching out. I'm so sorry. I am not going to have time to get them to you. Let's go ahead and reschedule. In which case, great, fine. We didn't have a wasted appointment or bing, they show up. Uh Exactly. Usually it's big. Usually. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that subtext has made the point to them like, oh, okay, this isn't just a just right. a nice to have. This is like a necessity. Like this is, yeah, she needs this. And so that goes back to the message that we're sending, the message that we say to ourselves, the communication words, is that sometimes we have these words in our heads like, well, the clients just don't want that. Or they're mad at us. Or the reason they're not, an- we put all these stories about oh, the yeah. reason they're not answering is because they hate us. They really don't want these pictures and they think we're a fraud, but really they just have an inbox full of crap and they have a million, you know, they have kids, they have lives and they're busy. Everybody's just busy or Uh like with text, like say they don't get back on text. What's the reason? Why didn't she send me back on my text? Well, because her kids played with her phone and looked at all of her texts and now there's no notifications. So she doesn't Mm -hmm. even know that you texted her. Yeah. So it's incumbent upon us to be responsible for that communication and keep the balls in the air and keep the communication flowing. Okay. So in training staff, obviously having the templates is very helpful, but as you're crafting those templates for the first time, or maybe sometimes I think they need to be revisited. If you've been in business for a while, you might be using the same ones you've been using for a long time. Maybe they need to be tightened up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to be a little peppier. Maybe they need to have a little more call to action. Like whenever you get to it, send us your picture of your photo, mm-hmm. you know, photo of your wall. It's like, we need this by at this date or whatever. Yep. Okay. So talk about brand words as they relate to brand. Yeah. I mean, I can only speak for my own brand. I'm sure if you give some thought to it, people who are listening, they can probably think of a few words that, that really speak to their brand. For example, like things to do with product. So, okay. you know, we, uh, we use the word portraits here. We don't mm-hmm. say pictures. Mm-hmm. We don't even say photos. Mm-hmm. We say portraits. Mm-hmm. And that very clearly gives the client the idea of what we are creating for them. And that may be something that, you know, it, it's interesting because often clients don't use that word, but I see them starting to the more conversations we have. Another example is, you know, just higher end language for everyday life. For example, residence instead of house, Mm -hmm. children instead of kids, or maybe even, you know, words to do with design or decor, because we we would like for them to see us in that realm. So space instead of room, right? Or furnishings instead of your couches and chairs. Right. (laughs) Furnishings instead of furniture, even. Yeah. 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 And again, we're not advocating that you be something that you're not. It's just, no, I'm speaking about the words we use here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just elevating it a little bit. And I found that, you know, when I talk about walking them through how they can collect my work, you know, and we're talking about statement pieces and companion pieces and series and galleries and that sort of thing that it helps them to reframe, oh, okay, I can see what we're doing now. This isn't just, we're not just taking pictures and 
going to get some holiday cards. Like we're actually creating something for my home. And so I think that reframe is essential if you want to do business in this way, because the industry is not set up like that right now. Correct. It basically creates a framework through which the client develops an understanding of what we're doing here, what we're doing for them, what this will be for their home and for their lives. Exactly. And I think sometimes you can you can tailor it based on who it is that you're talking to. Like you'd said before, I tend to use the word kids a lot and that really fits with my brand. I've got, you know, my work is like kids are being crazy. They're jumping off of things. They're being cuckoo. If you have a brand that it's much more like, especially if you were in say the Southern United States where it's very extremely formal, you know, then you might say children and then maybe depends on who you're talking to. The other thing to point out is the language of your brand might have you know, very little to do with the language of your personal life or your family. Like my, I don't speak that way about my own life, you know, <laughs> like right. I sort of, you know, I have a very different life than my clients do. I'm, I'm way more kind of bohemian and casual, Yeah, but I, that's not who my clients are. I know who they are. I know the service they want and I'm providing that. So it's not even that I'm faking. I'm not faking. I'm just speaking their language. I'm stepping into the shoes of a person who's very much understanding what their life is and the service they want. Yep. So I need to speak that language when I speak with them or, or it's going to be out of line. You know, it won't be, it won't be aligned with uh, the service and the image. Yeah. And that, I think that's such an important point because you can have all the marketing in the world. And if you're speaking the wrong language, you know, if you're speaking Chinese and in your audience is an English speaking audience, it's not going to get through. And it's just as important, even if everybody's speaking, quote unquote, the same language, if you're, if you're saying, you know, Hey, let's do this many sessions in the park and we'll give you all the files and you can do whatever you want with them. That's just going to immediately somebody that is busy and wants art for their home. They're like, yeah, I can't do that. Cause then I have to do everything. So mm-hmm. I don't want many, I don't want to go to any park. I don't want to have to, no, 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 no. I need somebody that can just, and they don't even realize that the service exists in, in many mm-hmm. cases. They don't even, you talk to them and you say, look, we do it from beginning to end. We'll bring it, hang out on your wall. And they're like, Oh, really? Wow. I didn't even know this existed. You know, So it's just, it's our responsibility to manage that communication so that it's so clear. And then that brings them to a place of knowing, yes, this is exactly what I want or no, it is not what I want. At which point we need to start listening mm-hmm. to what they're saying. Yes. So you were, you schooled me on that in the term that you use, which is a lot of little. <laughs> or minor, minimizing language, minimizing language. So, so yeah, listening and hearing minimizing language and not, so first of all, minimizing language can be sort of vague mm-hmm. and then we want to tighten it up and clarify it and see what they mean by that. Okay. So what's um, an example of that? Like if we were going oh, yeah, to kind of role play that. Yeah. So hi, I'm just calling uh, to get our portraits done. We don't, you know, we're not really, uh, we don't really need anything big or we'll just probably get a couple of things for a couple prints or they sort of just like really yeah. downplay. We just, we just need like a really short session, a couple of small prints and really just holiday cards and yeah. it's not going to take that long. Yeah. yeah. Minimize, minimize. So they're coming in saying, just so you know, we're not doing anything big. We're not in for a big spend. We're, we want photos, but we want it to be like a minimal investment. It's <laughs> kind right. of how I translate that. Yeah. And so then how do you, what's your method for teasing that out? 
I might try and get a little more clear about, are we talking about putting something on the wall this year? You know, I know you did this and this and this last time, imagining that they came before. Do you want to add to that? Are we replacing? And see where they go from there. Like if they're like, no, I, I don't know. We'll just, you know, I'm not sure. Maybe we'll just get something. I, I, think, I think my husband needs something for his office. So if they're really just trying to keep it minimal and I can understand that after I've asked a couple of questions, then I might suggest that, my service might be overkill. So there's two tracks here. There's the existing client that's coming back again. And then there's the new client. Yeah. Right. So if it's a new client and they're calling and they're giving, they're saying, do you have any mini sessions? I need, I really need holiday cards. You might think at first glance that that's a minimizing language, but that's just all they know to ask for, right? So then when you dig a little bit further and have that first contact, run them through that process of, well, tell me about your family. What is it? If you're, where is this image going to live? Where is it going to hang? And then they're like, oh, I never really thought about that. And then that's when you can have those communication. Like, well, we specialize in finished product. It's wall art for your wall, custom designed albums, that sort of thing. And then they're like, oh, okay. And then you kind of take them through that again, clarity words. Then if they're like, well, actually I just really only needed holiday cards. I don't want to put anything on the wall ever in my entire life, no matter what. And I hate albums and really, I only want social media files and maybe some holiday cards. Then that's when for sure, I would say, you know what, that we are completely overkill. What you need us for is when it has to be like perfection, amazing to go on a piece of art for your wall, you know, or some kind of custom design album. That's what we do. Anybody can do your holiday cards for you. You don't need us for that. We can get your holiday cards in addition, but the communication is that threshold is higher. Yeah. Your second scenario, existing client that maybe did a big spend the year before and that happens, right? They come in and they do, especially the first time they, they do a larger order and then they come back and then they are like, okay, we can't do that much. Well, hopefully if you're planning ahead of time and you have your business structured properly, in my mind, you have a long-term plan for them. So they know what the next year is going to be. You already kind of have that figured out, but say that you you're new to the process and you don't, and they're saying, well, we spent a lot last year. We don't want to spend that much. Then you can have the conversation of, okay, so are we going, you know what they have. So you can speak intelligently to that and say, do I, we want to add something to the gallery wall, or maybe this year is an album year. Maybe it's not a wall year. Maybe it's an album year. Mm -hmm. And then see where they go with that, because getting back to the point of being vague and looking for clarity, Mm -hmm. if we weren't committed to being clear with our client, then we might just leave it at that. Right. You know, them saying like, oh yeah, nice to be back. I don't know what we'll do this year. I don't think it'll be like last year, but let's get booked in. What do you have available? And in the the interest of seeking clarity and making sure that we're serving them to provide the, the best for them and also to provide what they want, we have to be clear about what they want. And they haven't really told us. Exactly. So, you know, asking questions and and trying to get there that way. And then it may be that, you know, they like the idea of the photo shoot. That was really fun, but they're not into spending that kind of money again. And, you know, maybe they do want to add one or two things, but that doesn't need to be a whole big session. Exactly. Sorting that stuff out ahead of time. You know, we've talked a million times about the pre-session consultation, but also hearing what our client is saying, which is, oh, I don't think we'll do what we did last time, but let's just, you know, let's just see, like they're kind of leaving it open and that it's our job to tighten that up and be, and be clear. Exactly. And it's unfair to let it hang and to not clarify it. Yeah. Because if you're thinking, well, if I don't nail them down and I, I need my calendar to be booked 
and they were great last time. So let's go ahead and book them in and then hope I'm just going to take a bunch of pictures and hope I can strong arm them into buying them or they'll be so emotionally over the moon that they will. It's still not really fair. I'd rather have somebody come every other year or even every third year and really have a major great experience then I just don't want to be doing business like that where you're hoping that the emotion is going to carry them over the top. I would rather have the plan and have the transparency ahead of time. I found that that works better for my clients and it works better for my integrity as a business person. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, language wise, just kind of hearing what people are saying and really understanding like this client is not saying what I want her to say. She is saying something else. And I (laughs) I have to be clear about understanding that. Yeah. And then using clarifying language to say, okay, so it sounds like what you're saying is that the most important image to you is just the family. Right. And it sounds like really the most important thing to you this year is not anything for your wall or an album. It really sounds like the most important thing. And the, really the only thing you want to do is holiday cards. Is that sound right? Mm-hmm. And then if they say yes, then you can let them know that like, again, it's overkill. It's not what we do. Yeah. We're happy to do holiday cards as an add-on to what we are in the business of doing. Okay. So speaking of listening to our clients, another way to listen to our clients really well is to pay attention to their preferred method of contact or their preferred channel that they like to communicate. What are your thoughts there? Yeah. I figured out a while ago that usually people have a preference and they usually show you that by the way that they reach out to you. Really. I mean, it's right from the beginning. They're either reaching out If they're a text person, they tend to reach out to me by Instagram because they don't know how to text me. Mm -hmm. And if they're an email person, they might come through the website or just send me an email. And then some people call. So it may just seem like, you know, not a very important piece of information, but I feel like that's them communicating with me. This is how you can reach me. This Mm -hmm. is how I prefer to communicate. So we make note of that and tend to use that same channel with people rather than, you know, a person who calls then receiving emails from us that she doesn't open because she's not an email person or she's not glued to her phone or whatever, whatever reason she doesn't right. do that. First of all, I think it's, it's being considerate of their preference. Mm-hmm. And also we have a better result in terms of getting hold of them. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that I might do is go back and forth between the two. So I might email people. In my uh, CRM, I can see if people have opened my emails and how often they've opened them. And, and I use that to see, okay, is this person reading the information I sent her? Okay, she opened it once the minute I sent it to her and then hasn't opened it again in two weeks. I, I think that's off her radar. So I would then take that information and then maybe shoot her a text. Hi, I don't know if you got my email a couple of weeks ago. I'm just going to resend it today in case you didn't. So coming at it from two different places, especially if it's something that I really need her to know or Mm -hmm. question I need answered, I just kind of assume the best. I'm assuming she's not ignoring me. I'm assuming she's not against what I'm suggesting. I'm assuming she's busy and completely forgot about that email. And I think 99.9% of the time you would be right in that because think of yourself. And I always appreciate it when somebody follows up with me like, Hey, I sent this to you. Did you? And you're like, shoot. Yes, I got it. And I even flagged it. I just never went back and looked at my flagged emails. Yep. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. A lot of how I decide to communicate with people comes from me looking at myself and asking Mm -hmm. myself, okay, why would this person open it like right away, but then never open it again? It's probably (laughs) because they were driving distracted, and they just like, oh, oh, I'll look at that later or whatever. And then, like you said, it's not flagged as unread anymore because they check it and they never go back to it. I mean, The other thing that I I always try and do if it's been a while since I've talked to someone or if I'm following up on something, 
rather than say, I sent you an email last week. Did you see it? I just resend it. Yeah. So they don't have to dig through their inbox. Like it's, again, it's just being considerate of their time and trying to put myself in their shoes. Like, Oh, what now I have to do some work and go right. email. Right. Because it's kind of, that's kind of a gotcha too. Like, no, I sent you your email. It's kind of like, like the little librarian calling you to task. I don't like that. There was a great meme. I don't know, a couple of years ago that said, Adulthood means responding to people. Sorry for the delayed response until you die. <laughs> like, I say, yeah. like, that's everything, you know, sorry for the delayed response. I got your email, but didn't respond, whatever. So, yeah. every, yeah, I think we can always assume clients are busy. And so, you know, in the olden days, maybe you could send one email and it would, you would get the response and everything would just be fine. But I find that the more time goes on, and especially for the last two years, I, I thought it was bad in 2019. But man, people just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And always, you sort of touched on it a minute ago. I, I'm never calling anyone out on anything. Sure. If anything, especially when it's something that, you know, is clearly in their court, that I need this from them for us to move forward on the project, for example. Mm-hmm. Always what I'll do is I apologize to them. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say they've been sitting on a quote from me for like three weeks. And I need to know if they approve it so I can put this order through. Like it's, you know, this is what it's all about. Like, are we going to make this or are we not going to make this? I'm not hearing back from them. I don't want to bug them. And I also don't want to be at all accusatory about, you know, them holding up the process. Yeah. So I will say something like, I'm so sorry it's taken me this long to follow up with you. I know you're busy and you have a million things on the go. What can I do to help you? Uh, Whatever. Yeah. No, like just, but put it on myself. We do that in lots of different situations. When clients have done something that's made it hard or not followed through on something, we apologize to them. Always. Apologizing for things we didn't do. Always. That being said, over-apologizing? Never. Right. Like, I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. Right. No, no, no. Do three o'clock on Friday. I'm sorry. No, we're not doing any of that. (laughs) Right. It's it. Well, it is. It's psychological, and it's there's an art to it. But I think when you're apologizing in the way that you're describing, what you're doing is you're taking control of the process. Just what we were saying before that it is our responsibility to move them through this process that we have created, this business that we have created, to give them the best experience and the best outcome. And we know that if they don't approve their quote or adjust it so that it can be approved, they are not going to have this beautiful imagery. They are not going to get the best experience and the best outcome from this process. And so we are the managers of the process. And the words are the things that keep things moving along, you know, whether that's texting, email, phone, whatever. And then how we say those words, it can't be overestimated because especially with written communication, and we've been through this so many times, you and I, that's why we send, you know, read and edit, read and edit, make sure I don't sound, there's no context. If you're not on the phone, if it's written, context is removed. So it can sound chilly. Mm-hmm. It can sound curt. It can sound rude. It can sound whiny. Like there's a lot of things that people can put on words. So we have to craft it carefully. And yeah. so taking that responsibility and taking it very seriously, I never just dash off an email or even a text. Everything is carefully. I really think about, okay, when I say this, and then sometimes I'll read it over and then I'm like, Ooh, that kind of sounded snippy. And I don't, yeah. I didn't mean it snippy at all. That's yeah. not where I was coming from. So I don't think you can be too careful about that. I agree. I totally agree with that. Which also brings us to spelling and grammar. I mean, honestly. Please. Sounds. Please. Basic. 
but I, I can't, I don't, don't even get me started. Like it, it's, <laughs> I think theme. it's our responsibility as business owners to speak in an eloquent and educated way, <laughs> not to say yes. we need to have, you know, like big a words. lot of, yeah, we don't need to use a lot of big words, but we need to have proper sentences and capitalize things and use the right punctuation. I mean, I feel like that, again, that's the language of your personally in my personal life. Are you kidding? I send three word texts. I send, yeah. you know, like JK. abbreviations. I yes. just, I would never do that with a client ever. Cause that's not what this business should, should, uh, how this business should speak to them. Maybe I can speak to my neighbor about that. If I'm asking them for a quick favor, but that's not the relationship I have with my clients. So drawing that line and making sure that language is proper and perfect. I think that's really important. But to that point too, I think your brand voice is much more professional than mine. You know, so you'll send me something to read and edit and I have to remember this is not coming from me. It's coming from you because you definitely have, you're a little more profesh than I am. I'm not saying I'm not professional, but I definitely will have a little, I'll put a little more personal or something maybe kind of funny or snarky in there. Yeah. Um, you know, but so that's like, because you know your audience and I know mine. Exactly. Exactly. Like we live in very different communities. Absolutely. And that's the point yeah. I want to make yeah. is that there's no um, one size fits all and you should only ever use the word residence and you should only use the word children. Right. It's right. Like, well, unless that's not the client that you're going for, you know, like you got, you have to know, you have to speak the language of the person that you are serving, that you want to serve. And so you are in Vancouver, Canada on the West coast. Canadians tend to be a little bit more, I would say, I think more formal in the dealing with business way, it seems mm-hmm. like, and a little bit more, a uh, little less casual. Americans are yeah. definitely, I mean, in the United States, definitely more casual, especially in Arizona. East Coast US is more proper. So I think it's when you think about your business and you think about as you're sending in an email or may, having any kind of communication, Think about that. Am I speaking to my ideal client? Is this how they would like to be spoken to? Yeah. And so that could be different for your business than for ours. But the principle, the overriding principle of that is that the grammar, even if it's snarky and funny, still should be correct. Yes. Still should be spelled correctly. Yeah. You know, so for an example of how mine might be a little bit more casual than yours, because I think our listeners are probably like, what do you mean? But, you know, you might say on a design proof, please check for retouching dates, times to make sure that everything is correct. We, um, you know, right. Period. So ours says, please kindly put all of your changes into a single email because we find that when we have multiple emails, things can get missed and mistakes can be made. And we would hate that, Uh you know, so it's just, there's no, it's not improper. It's just a little bit more like, and we would hate it. We, and yeah. it's in parentheses, you know, so we'll always kind of usually add in a little kind of like a funny or personal, yes. like that yes. kind of thing. Cause that's our brand. Okay. Yeah, so for sure. I just wanted to highlight that because I never want anybody that's listening to think there's only one way to do it. The right. way to do it is the way that's true to you and true to the, the client that you want to serve. Right. And you know, the way I learned that, because as I said, that's not, that's not what my life is is by listening to my clients, listening to how they speak, listening to how they speak to me, you know, listening to the words they use. I learned from them. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And really my whole, how I talk about, you know, collecting the work statement pieces and all that was listening to my clients that collect art, Mm -hmm. you know? So to wrap this up, 
we want to be clear in our own mind about who we are and what it is that we're wanting to do and communicate that clearly to our staff so that they can communicate that to our clients. And then, of course, everything we send out should have be impeccably crafted, intentional, grammar, spelling, all the things. But really, I think the best thing from this that I'm learning is really, really listening to our clients and prospective clients. Are we reading between the lines of what they are saying to us? Are we listening for minimizing language and then clarifying back to them? Is this really what you want? Is this really what you don't want? And then being even more and more clear about what it is that we do and what it is that we don't do. And then also listening to them for ways that they want to be talked to, listening for them for ways that they talk about their home, the ways that they talk about their children, ways that they talk about their family, and almost being a collector of phrasing and wording Mm -hmm. that can better explain what we do and communicate how great it is for them. Because again, our responsibility is to manage the process and communicate what needs to be communicated so that they can have the best experience and outcome of our talent and abilities for them. I could not have said that better myself or with different words or better words. Yours, your words might've been a little bit more professional. <laughs> anyway, anything you want to add to that? No, I think, I think that's, I, I hope that's useful. I think it is. And I think just even if people go away and, and look at the next email that you send before you dash off a text, before you dash off an email, right? before you even pick up the phone the next time, think, who am I? And what do I want to communicate to this client? And how can I best make sure that they understand what I do and that we can create something amazing together and keeping tabs on that process the whole way through so that they know exactly what they're getting and they feel totally and completely taken care of. Agreed. You're the best. No, you. No, you. <laughs> Thank you. Talk to you next time. Bye. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. Dot dot